0: I never stopped working hard, each day I feel I have to improve, hard work, determination, I've got to keep pushing myself.
1: Hello and welcome to Hi the only podcast that chops down its Xmas trees by hand and then decorates them from 50 yards away with throwing stars. <laughs> Episode 25, recorded December 2nd, starts now. <laughs> Merry Ninjmas <must> to you, man. <laughs> there you go.
2: Um.
1: Well, oh, it's been uh it's been a couple of weeks since we got an episode out and uh
2: Yes, it has.
1: Um, we're just having to face the facts that with everything else going on, the holidays are going to be a screwed up time to try to record podcasts, So, we're going to attempt to get two hot loaves of uh high eye into the bag for you.
2: <laughs> that sounds kind of creepy.
1: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. clears throat> and there's a possibility episode 25 may become 26 and 26 may become 25, but you know, <laughs> nobody will quibble over that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see how they go. A few items here before we get started, Uh, our good friend of the show, Sambo Steve, Yeah, everybody remembers him. Definitely. Uh, They're doing a blood drive uh, in New York City uh, at uh, New York Combat Sambo, Uh, and everybody, if you're a martial artist and you live in the New York area, you should get over there and cough up some blood for a good cause for once
2: <laughs> yeah just punch your buddy in the face and let it run you know, <laughs> yeah. into a cup
1: no they they need it under sanitary circumstances oh okay but they're giving stuff away i think if you uh, register ahead of time you might get a copy of raw combat uh there's there's all wow. sorts of little things going along with it uh, they're gonna have free uh, juice and cookies i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> But uh, everybody, if you're in that area and listening to our voices, get out there and donate some blood. Uh, the best place to get the full scoop is to go to the event page. It's New York Combat Sambo. Um blood drive just type that into the facebook search and you'll find it and it's got all the information
2: facebook search yep oh okay
1: yep cool that's their event page at facebook and it's got everything you need there um even if you're not right in that area they've got other places you can they're part of a larger blood drive so they've got all kinds of information about that stuff good deal um and you know new york got walloped recently as a lot of other places did so they need it
2: yes indeed
1: okay um so what we're going to do tonight is uh a mailbag extravaganza. <laughs> Ooh,
2: that makes sense. We've been getting a lot of mail.
1: Yeah. The stuff's really been piling up over here folks and uh we, we meant like to it. yeah, we meant to get to this a little earlier but we haven't but uh And for the time being, it's still not heavy enough that we can't just pick it up every two or three shows and get to most things. But this is going to be our biggest one ever. So sort of consider this, uh, you know, there's a couple that are just kind of blowing sunshine up our butts and we won't dwell (laughs) on those. (laughs) But most of them actually have little mini discussion topics we can jump off on. Uh, So that should be a lot of fun. Um, and, of course, at the wrap-up of the show, we're going to throw out some gift ideas for the holidays for the martial artist in your life. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you're a lonely martial artist, this is stuff you can just go out and get yourself.
2: Well, <laughs> that, but also remember that some of the martial artists in y'all's lives are us. So, you know, this is what we're telling you to send mm, us. Actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, all we want from you for Christmas is ratings and reviews on iTunes. That's right. And, uh, of course, tell your friends. Um so yeah, that's a, that's about it for this episode. There you go. We're gonna try to power through another one. Craig, you got anything else to add up here at front? I do not. I think that's about covered it. All right, well put your damn shoes on. Let's go to the champagne lounge. For <laughs> Let's a <second>. do it. <laughs> Okay, folks, we're back. Um, you know, one thing I forgot to mention uh, What's that? at the uh, in, during the intro is uh, Happy 60th, the Big Al. Yes, yeah.
2: happy, happy.
1: Well, spent a little time at his party last night.
2: <laughs> a little, a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which segues into the fact that I'm not feeling right. <laughs> <laughs> you are not looking right no, either. No. I don't know. I felt a little punky going out there, but I was starving. I ate two big plates. Of delicious uh curried chicken and stuff yes, you and, did yeah and then i left it in the corner of his yard <laughs> yes
2: you did
1: <laughs> oh, oh, <God. laughs> Whew. it was a good so, time though yeah so bear with me if i'm not completely with it today folks um all right hear that uh-oh what's that's a, that sound that's a burgeoning mailbag right there yes it is <clears throat> yes it is we're gonna we're going to dive right in from the top here. There's actually one that's a little older. Um, it kind of got stuck in transmission somewhere between <laughs> us, uh, and it's from our old buddy Troy, who's uh, written in before.
2: Yes, indeed. Hey, Troy.
1: Hey, Troy. Uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, he mentions uh, that he told Craig he would harass us, so keep it up, and he really enjoyed the Stephen for interview, uh, but uh He's, uh, the bulk of this email is about the latest episode then, which was our discussion on a uh, discussion on, um, instinct and intent and, oh, yes. uh, you know, um, <clears throat> so here's what he says. If I understand the meaning of instinct as it was used, I would refer to that state as flow. Sure. Flow is something we aspire to during partner drills all the time. When an inflow, everything comes together. Attention, movement, skill, and intention. The body and mind harmonize, so it is much different than being reactive. Most of our partner drills are based on appropriate spontaneous response, and we rotate partners very frequently to vary size, speed, strength, and skill. There is not much repetition of preset partner drills or application of form. We do study technique and structure within the various partner drills, as well as combinations and kata. I have found this to be very useful for moving outside the lines and learning to break patterns. The difficulty is getting students to relax and trust their inherent movements enough to expand them. What I have found this approach does not do readily is give students a structured grounding in applications. Well put. <laughs> yeah. Well met. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's got to be both, right? Um he mentions here that, that being said, he just started training in chinpanling 's Bagua, and he finds it both refreshing and somewhat frustrating to work on specific applications. So his body wants to freestyle it and his mind wants to stay rigidly within the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's brought to the, uh, into the feeling my, of his past training in which he learned uh, multiple... <laughs> I should stop trying to switch the, the case here. <laughs> <laughs> I am brought into the feeling of my past training in which I learned multiple preset one steps and sparred in a way that was completely unrelated to the movements within the kata, always wondering which one step to use or would I freeze under duress. Do either of you find it difficult to guide students through the transition from specific applications to spontaneous response. Uh, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But it goes, it goes right back to our discussion on principle. I think, um, is that, you know, the, it, it's the principles that cause the actual reactions. It's not, you know, it's not going to be do move three two six point five. you know?
1: Right. Right. Um, well, I think he's got both sides of it here in this one email, yeah, you know you want to do less structured um uh response drills where you're letting you know the other person do whatever they want and you can do whatever you want and uh see where it goes, right, but I think you also really need a heavy dose of application, otherwise, why bother learning that martial art true, like if the get off the table, kitty <laughs> if the forms um are not relevant to the sparring, Mm -hmm. then you probably don't need them. Right. And (laughs) so you're wasting part of your time doing that. And the other problem I have with people that just do a lot of flow stuff, but don't focus in on, you know, the tactical side of their art is, uh, They tend to get to a point where it becomes push handsy and not realistic at all. Right. They'll they'll move a couple of times and then they'll get locked in with the guy that they're trying to flow with and they'll just plant their feet and they'll try to muscle each other around. (laughs) Yeah. Which uh, you know, um, especially with certain arts, is not what you want to do at all. So you got to be careful. Either approach you take, not to build these crazy bad habits.
2: Yeah, it's that whole thing of the extremes, man. In order to be well balanced, you got to train well balanced.
1: And, you know, if I, just from my own experience, if I had to put a percentage on it, I prefer people to do 75% application-based training. Right. Especially early on. Early on, it's 95% application-based training.
2: When you say application-based training.
1: I'm talking about like one and two and three-step things where you're practicing a specific tactic technique from the system. Right. Uh, and you can vary those enormously too like once the person's got a handle on that you can tell their attacker to do whatever they want Mm -hmm. but try to keep the other person locked into you know what they're working on
2: right right and find all the different flavors angles
1: right so um and then you know when people get up into higher levels and get more experience you know again that well with us that's tequila sparring night
2: (laughs) that's good stuff we're
1: gonna agree on some little rules you know Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever we feel like that night And take our shirts off and get manly And <laughs> slap each other around a little bit And you go know. at it and swap paint Right <laughs> So, <laughs> But you know without without grounding in something first Pretty thoroughly yeah. Then you know you're just another dude swapping paint Exactly um, And you're probably not getting the full benefit Of, of the art you're training Agreed Alright well stop agreeing with me you're boring me
2: Alright here's one for you flow backwards as a wolf Hungry like the wolf row.
1: All right, there. Duran (laughs) Duran coming at you. So, anyway, a little interesting side note at the end of this email. I know there are some systems which adhere to HAPV, not the disease, uh, habitual acts of violence. Um, The theory being that Kata slash forms are designed from techniques that have been found to be effective responses to the most common types of attacks. If application has worked with different partners, then most situations are covered. Uh, Patrick McCarthy, an Okinawan Karate and Fujian Chuanfa practitioner, historian, is a very strong advocate of this approach. Um, So, you know, I think we've already covered our thoughts on the the differences between that approach and a and a freestyle one, but uh, I like the H-A-P-V uh, yeah. de- designation. Makes it sound like a, an illness. <laughs> um, Perhaps it is. Pra- yeah. Perhaps martial arts overall is an illness. <laughs> it is, I think. Mental, though. Um, but I, I think that is a large part of the principle behind katas and forms, uh, whatever you want to call them in your mm. system. Um, so it's the library, right? Yeah. Um, now, as times change, the most likely attack scenarios change too. So, mm-hmm. what held true 200 years ago may not be focusing on the same sorts of things you're going to have to deal with today.
2: Exactly. You know, your your spear dodging technique is pretty great, but
1: uh, right, but not many people are going to come at you with a spear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they come at you with a stick, they're probably not going to use it like a spear. Exactly. So. There has to be some acknowledgement of that, but, you know, a lot of systems are easily translated to the modern thing. I saw something recently where they'd done some research, I think it was in England, on, like, the. we'll deal with this more in a later show, but uh, where they had uh, basically scoured police records and and crime reports and stuff and come up with what the most common attacks were. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. They were literally, like, number one was a shove. Mm-hmm. to the chest you yeah, know of course uh often followed by punching yeah. um number two was a sucker punch to the head you yeah. know number three was something uh, you know striking with a foreign object uh <laughs> and you know it's all this stuff is is right, right up what you would expect so it's
2: telling you they're preferring foreign objects yeah, yeah. foreigners whatever
1: yeah uh, yeah exactly
2: go for the exotic a little bit yeah what the hell are you talking about?
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, th- I think they're talking about picking up that glass ashtray and bashing somebody in the face. Yeah. Or the uh, beer bottle. The improvised the bars. weapon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you know, thanks again, Troy, for writing in about that. I'm sure we'll Definitely. touch back on some of these subjects going along too. keep up the good work. Okay. This next one comes from John. Hi, Hi John. John. Hello again. <laughs> Uh, we have read one of John's letters before relating back to episode 17. So he tells us for the record, I had no idea you would read my last letter on the show. Would I had considered as much? I would have tried to keep it shorter, uh, <laughs> which may be good advice to us. Um, <clears throat> Although I tend to agree that what was said about with what was said about managing expectations, I don't believe that the Krav maga crowd is simply claiming a practical application as many do. Rather, I recall your guest explicitly stating that this was a system devised expressly for the purpose of surviving modern life-threatening scenarios. Realistic training being the contentious topic that it is, I was surprised those claims didn't pique your curiosity as they did mine. Uh, that's not an indictment, and I understand you like to keep it casual, but I had to know how you felt about that elephant in the room. So I think we pretty much covered all that. Um, we are back. I, I will let you guys know that I... Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Just um, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, we we went into his last email in depth. Oh, okay. so, I, I, I feel like he wasn't entirely satisfied with my explanation, but... That's probably about as good as it's going to get for, for now. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, John. But here's the reason I wanted to read this new email. He said, you also mentioned that there was little extant in terms of academic resources for martial arts aside from the Journal of Asian Martial Arts. In that case, I would like to submit uh, www.forscience.org articles oh. and www.hoplology.com uh-huh. articles as worthwhile resources. Drager reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the new Hoplology people, of course, yeah. Don Drager's long gone. But uh, I'm, I had thought that they were kind of out of uh, no longer really doing much, but apparently they are. they are. Yeah. Uh, finally, I haven't caught up since episode 18, but glancing at the show notes, I have yet to see any Shaw brothers in your media mop up. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reviews of Chang Chie's Homer or, uh, heroic bloodshed films. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually several on Blu-ray, believe it or not. Uh, you know, you won't see five elements, Ninja and HD <laughs> anyway, I've got some catching up to do. Hi, Jian. <laughs> <laughs> so john thanks for writing in again and uh hi listeners we'll put those links in the show notes but uh it's Definitely. and if anyone else has what they consider good you know footnoted referenced yeah. uh uh sources of magazines books
2: yeah, yeah any it, kind
1: of stuff you can share anything that uh seems like it would be a solid place to do some research in martial arts uh, of any style mm-hmm. please let us know it'd be nice to have our own little database of uh places to look when we're confused yeah Rather than just at the ceiling.
2: At for the hours. ceiling. Yeah. That's kind of fun, too, though.
1: hmm And, of course, we are. We're really... We're building up to doing some Shaw Brothers stuff. We um, are. There's a potential it might happen before Christmas, but things are getting kooky, so we'll have to see how that much we can actually... very do. low, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um that's coming up soon. We're going to, we're gonna, do, like I said, we're going to dedicate a whole episode at some point to really diving into that. There we are. Everybody's got a soft heart for that stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. Kung Fu Theater, hi-yah style,
1: bitches. That's right. All right. Here's what we got coming up next. Hi-yah, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been I too like crude for stuff. our first letter, but I'm going with it. My name is Tim. I just wanted to touch base and comment on how much I enjoy the show without sounding like I'm writing your, sorry, just another stab at humor. Uh, I'm a longtime student of Chinese martial arts, studied a variety of gongfu Fu systems such as Changchuan, Chuan, Tang Long Chuan, Modern wushu, Flowering Hands and Embroidered Legs, uh, Lohan Chuan, Mizong Chuan, uh, Tan Toi, uh, Beijing style or the standardized Yang Taiji Chuan uh, and Chen Taiji Chuan over 20 plus years. Wow, that's a resume. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, my main instructors include Brian Gray, Kevin Spun, uh, Kevin he- son, sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. Brian Gray is the iron palm guy.
2: Right, with the headband, right?
1: I don't know about the headband. Okay. Uh, and he's a fitness director at Continuing Care Retirement Community where he teaches young taiji to seniors. Cool. He also teaches self-defense at the University of Delaware. Now, I want to stop right here in this one because I've known so several I won't say a lot but at least 2 or 3 and this adds to the pile um taiji instructors who have uh made their main job working for a retirement home yeah. or a, you know and uh so I'm going to have to figure out some way to convince uh <laughs>
2: to
1: convince these people that bogwa is good for that too
2: <laughs> well if they got a cane they're walking around in a circle as it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> right nail the cane to the floor yeah um yeah, I mean, there's, you know, any of the internals, you can play it soft enough, that, Oh yeah. you know, and uh, all the benefits, Ah-hoo! good God, <laughs> all the benefits that can accrue for the elderly, like, you know, getting their circulation going, balance, oh, yeah. AIDS, and all that stuff, you can get the same from a lot of different styles. And it's so. a way
2: to do exercise without, I mean, it's a comfortable, fun, you know, dancey exercise rather than, you know, pumping iron that they might think, you know, they'd have to do. Right,
1: right. So, yeah, I got I got to look into getting some productive work like that myself.
2: Definitely, <laughs> definitely.
1: Uh, but enough about me, he says. And then there's a little shameless adulation in here. He appreciates the podcast. <laughs> uh, he's in between schools, so he doesn't get to have martial arts discussions with peers. And, uh, you know, he talks stuff with novices, but it's just not the same. Um, it's something that uh, he misses dearly, and the podcast has helped to fill that gap. Uh, so thanks for that. You know, definitely, that's cool, man. <laughs> Part of the reason we decided to do this was so we could keep having these kind of conversations, even with kids and all the other that's responsibilities. Right. So we sympathize completely with that. Uh, your guests uh, always seem to be experts in their fields, with the exception of uh, of the occasional person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your discussion topics have been both informative and entertaining, and I love the laid back banner. Keep up the good work. Uh, okay. Let's move on here. We'll do it.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah. That was really nice.
1: And the other thing he mentions here is he would encourage more discussion on both Bagua and Xingyi, as well as Craig's musings on northern Shaolin. Which I like has a, more than muse, bro. Which has a decisively special place in my heart, being that most of my training has been devoted to the external Shaolin systems. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you're going to get tons of that from us if this podcast stays on the air yeah. over the months and years. So we it's try not to cram happen. too much into any one show because it it's would not be, about us. It would be yeah. the Dave and Craig show there. <laughs> 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 da, 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 Dave and Craig. That would eventually, eventually get boring. Yes, it, it would. might take, you know, years, centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
3: <laughs> oh.
1: Okay. Um. So, in the interest of boring us to death, he'll keep this next section short. I would like to humbly make a few recommendations for future discussion topics. It would be interesting to hear discussions on how to bridge the gap between the training hall and real-world self-defense. Okay, we've tangentially touched on that before, but yeah, we,
2: I feel like we, have yeah,
1: well, no, but you could say some of the stuff, and uh, you know, principle versus application and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, touching it, but we haven't zeroed in on that.
2: All right, we'll we'll focus,
1: uh, yeah. Um, he's currently reading a book called meditations on violence, though. He's not sure of the author's name because the book is at home and he's at work, uh, get home, (laughs) avoiding work related duties. He said (laughs) he would make a great guest. So thank you. We love when listeners send us suggestions for people to talk to. Definitely. So all of y'all keep that up. Uh, he would also like to hear about supplemental training other than technique. What type of training can you bring to your, can bring your expertise to a higher level? I think discussing the relationship between basic techniques of different systems would also be interesting and maybe bridge a few gaps uh, for your other listeners. I have other ideas, but we'll save them for another email. So, um, yeah, uh, the basic techniques thing, again, we've sort of glanced off that one, just like uh, the martial arts uh, uh, book that – um, DeMarco, Mike. Mike DeMarco just put out, you know, one of the things I loved about that was seeing several different styles just kind of throwing their favorite technique out right, there. Right, They're really grooving on, you know, how strong the similarities were there because mm-hmm. human body is a human body, you know. Right. Um, uh, but other than technique, what type of training can bring your expertise to a high level? I mean, we've talked about secret gongs before, so that's one thing you could look back yeah. into. But another thing is, is again, just referring back to the pleasure principle of getting any exercise at all. I know uh, it really helped my Shaolin immensely just to go out with a buddy that liked to throw a frisbee and chuck a frisbee for forty five oh, yeah. minutes every That'll day. And you know, you 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 don't just play frisbee, right? You set it up to be cross training, <laughs> so it's like, all right, throw one as high as you think I can reach it, you know. Or send one of my belt buckle, I'm going to try to jump over it, turn backwards, grab it, and land in a horse stance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> try, you know try mixing your martial arts in with uh, with the other stuff mm. in your life, uh, whatever else you find fun, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it, you know exactly what that was. I, I used to be a big, uh, big dancer, believe it or not, and I would go to the nightclubs like four or five nights a week every single week and just dance and dance and dance, aside from, you know, training and teaching foo. And I would actually mix my little martial arts techniques into, like, dancing with the rhythm and came up with stuff. So, yeah, I was the kind of the crazy guy out, you know, on the dance floor. But it was kind of with hanging out with those types of people, too. But that was a whole lot of fun, you know, because it actually helped. I was working in timing, rhythm, and all that kind of shit. Um, unbeknownst to anybody else watching, they just thought, you know, I'm high and fucked up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you were that, too.
2: Yeah. yeah. And...
1: uh <laughs> You eventually got to the point where you'd make your students do that too. Indeed. Whether it was their idea of fun or not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh it was.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, another thing, you can I mean, he's got a job where he can, you know, do some martial arts at work, apparently. Mm. But uh, you know, if you have a job that involves any kind of physical labor, I used to do a lot of this too.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh mix in your training. Yes. You know, if you got a If you got to hose the floor of the warehouse off, then, you know, instead of bending over at the waist and, you know, (laughs) doing it like your average guy would, get down in that low horse stance and and hose under there, you know?
2: Pivot from horse to bow stance each time, you know? Yeah. Simple thrust or your punch, whatever.
1: And that's the sort of place where you're just doing hundreds of repetitions of the very, very basic stuff Mm -hmm. that you don't want to spend your whole life doing in
2: class. Exactly. Really pays off. Yeah, it does. I did that crap as a shoe shine boy way back when.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) so you know there's lots of ways you can incorporate that stuff um there's a couple more little points from here uh he uh was looking forward to the matthew polly interview some of these are a little bit old now sorry folks um (laughs) he always had romantic visions of training in china for extended periods of time like he did though the opportunity has not yet presented itself a guy can still dream
0: there you go
1: we hope that works out for you um he also says since he's between instructors, he's always looking for folks to swap paint with. And uh, you guys seem like a great bunch of friendly and thoroughly experienced artists. If you're open to it, I would love to come down to Atlanta and train for a few days. My Bagua Zhang knowledge could use a level up, and training with a fellow Northern Shaolin practitioner would be good for the soul. Hey, we got an open door, folks. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down. Uh, yeah, like shoot the us. the
2: right in this bit. You
1: know, if you're, anytime you're coming around town, shoot us an email. Just let us know. We'll let you know where we're going to be and what we're doing, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which brings me to another little topic here. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, Sifu. Sif <laughs> Randy Williams was yeah. uh, supposed to stop by my house on Friday on a layover and spend oh, the day. No. So I was going to try to can a bonus episode having another another discussion with the thief over there uh but he wound up having to cancel his flight at the last minute so did you
2: uh, just call out the thief on on on, on our show man?
1: not calling him out i'm just saying it was an opportunity <laughs> that we almost got and then missed yeah. actually what i'm doing is i'm trying to account for the lack of content you're going to get in the month of december from us uh, yes <laughs> we're scrabbling we're trying to make something the holidays, anything right? happen yeah yeah uh, yeah everybody's schedule goes pear sheep during the holidays so we're doing the best we can. sheep Okay. In closing, you guys rock the Casbah. Feel free to use this letter for whatever purposes you see fit. All right. All yeah, right. see we like that. He threw hey, that in at a the end to the face to you. you uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, we recycle all the letters, so we'll be placing these in the bathroom when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that was nasty. That was. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh This one's coming in from Rob. Hey, Rob. Subject: Great podcast. All right, we're done. (laughs) Uh, He says so far he's only listened to three episodes, but he truly enjoys the show. I appreciate that you guys tackle martial arts from a scientific and a skeptical point of view. Uh, At least one of us does.
2: (laughs) That was my interjection. What are you talking about? Uh, I don't
1: know. I actually found out about the show because Evan Bernstein talked about his interview with you on the SGU. Uh, we've heard a fair amount of this and we'll, we'll talk, we're going to talk some statistics too, on one of these shows Mm -hmm. just as kind of a year end wrap up. So we've got some good stuff coming from that. Uh, this guy currently trains in Kung Fu all styles with Grandmaster Pan Ching Fu in Kitchener, Ontario, <laughs> Canada. Yeah. I say all styles because he will teach us, a long fist, uh, teach us a long fist for a while. Then we will switch and train with a kwan Dao and then switch to a broadsword, then shingi, then staff, then dot, dot, dot. I bring this up because Ellisander had mentioned how hard it can be to train multiple styles at one time. I completely agree with him and I feel that while learning from a great while I'm learning from a great martial artist my own martial arts suffer because I'm unable to focus on one style long enough to truly learn it. Mm,
2: that sucks. That sucks right there, man. You're with, you know, it's a big name and then you're like, yeah, but I really need something more here.
1: Have we told our <laughs> Pan Cheng Fu story yet? Uh
2: don't know if we have
1: i don't think we have if we did it was very early on so yeah
2: let's you want to tell it again
1: we'll throw it over um yeah, yeah it's I'll, good for this guy yeah i'll give it the rundown um so yeah craig and i both got to meet Pan Ching Fu a long time ago and I, you know i was very interested in this guy because as we mentioned a couple of episodes back with matthew polly i had read the mark salzman books yeah. and that was the guy that trained him out there and then emigrated and got into the movie and everything else so yeah um <laughs> So this is what year was this, Craig? Oh Jesus, you know, my memory's not. 96 maybe? <laughs> Sounds about right. We'll we do went that. to a yeah, we went to a kung fu tournament in in the Big Easy, New there, Orleans. You. Yep. And uh <laughs> we uh we uh, were creeping around the first day there trying to see who we could find. <laughs> so we're not the guys that go down to the training uh, to the main area and like look for the people sitting in their booths. We go creep around the hotel. Yeah, right? we go <laughs> find them. If we'd only known back then that we could grab a recorder and yeah, take it exactly. with us, we'd have been doing a podcast already. Mm-hmm. So we're creeping and we're creeping and we're creeping. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what we look like. We weren't dressed in Kung Fu uniforms or anything, but we're creeping down this hallway and uh these two old women that were maiden up the place, you know, they were cleaning rooms and stuff. They, they, they come out and they're like, what y'all doing? Hey, y'all looking for Kung Fu guys? <laughs> we're like, uh, yeah. yeah. I thought they were going to throw us out, right? Exactly. Call security. Mm-hmm. She's like, knock on that door right there. Go in there. He won't mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Knock on that door right there. So <laughs> we're like, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. There's a big group of us actually. like four of us, <laughs> yeah. five of us. Yeah. Han fu opens the door and we're like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and uh so we'll, he's like oh come in come in you know yeah. and we're like okay and we all crowd into this tiny hotel room with a bed pushed over to one yeah. side and he's got his senior student at the time diane naughton
3: yeah
1: uh that's her name right yeah i got her name right yeah and or is uh, it
2: mcnaughton or is it just not it's been a while and i don't I have my remember. computer in
1: front of me so yeah. i'd love to get her on the show too oh, i yeah. have to look into that um but uh that was a senior student at the time and he had her uh practicing uh breakfall fall form basically
2: yeah um Detong.
1: yeah and uh so she was doing it in the corner between the bed and the wall and the <laughs> nightstand in this place. And she yeah. was just doing individual pieces like, you know, barrel rolls and holding <laughs> one leg on the ground and falling yeah. you know, into, into a split, into just, a crotch busting split,
2: ah, just crazy stuff.
1: So we were duly impressed by that. And he gave us all business cards and, you know, <laughs> let us all feel his knuckles, yeah, <laughs> the iron knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And i I totally get what you're talking about. I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know if uh, what's going on with Cheng Fu, but he may feel like he's people come to him more as a celebrity cat anyway, or he may mm-hmm. just be bored or not interested in trying to teach people up in the whole system right? and just wants to practice with students around. Okay. You know? Um, and then again, when you got a guy that knows that much, yeah. You know, it's kind of... <laughs> it's kind of hard. Is yeah. he going to spend all his time training with him? Uh The question I would have for you, and maybe you can write back and tell us this, mm-hmm. is have you addressed that with your teacher?
2: Yeah, directly, you know, bring it up. Um, but you obviously got to use your some of the WUDA and all that kind of stuff and how you approach it. But also, a common thing for guys that used to teach that way is to kind of be measuring you and seeing, watching you perform and train these things so he can figure out where your natural strengths and weaknesses are with the goal in mind of maybe actually pointing you to a specialty at some point. But right now he's checking it out and that could be just complete and utter bullshit and not at all what he's doing too. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. The only way you're ever going to find out for sure is, uh, is to ask him because Mm -hmm. the guy's obviously a quality martial artist. He's been around forever. Mm -hmm. um, And you know, he's old school. So I'm, I'm sure he has the ability to give you what you want he may just not know that you want that yeah and you might have to kind of prove it to him first that you really do want that because when you get locked into that traditional you know Mm -hmm. soup to nuts ground up sort of kung fu thing there can be you know that's the place that a lot of people get run off from traditional schools
2: yeah yeah true
1: they're like oh no 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 (laughs) i wanted to learn the flying back somersault yeah karate chop you know so uh you know ask the guy he seemed like such a laid back cool dude when we met mm-hmm. him i don't think he would hold it against you for I for asking him just you know be polite and and give him ask him straight up you know yeah if if you could focus on one thing or <laughs> if he ever intends to get around to focusing on one thing um and uh he uh, this uh this fellow uh rob also mentions he wishes he had known about the Bogwa school when he was living in atlanta because he wasn't able to find a good teacher and didn't train much while he lived here um, oh. well, we wish you'd known too, because we yeah. never had enough students. So, <laughs> uh, if you ever come back, you'll know where to find us now. Definitely. Anyways, keep up the good work and any advice you would have, uh, would be great. I think we already covered that. Mm-hmm. That's our advice. Ask <laughs> exactly. You know, you'll, you'll never know unless you do. Um, just like you know, the first date. <laughs> exactly. If you don't play, you can't win. Exactly. We've got Nathan from Bremerton, Washington. Hey, Nathan. Again. He says, thanks for airing my question. It's funny that you asked how I found the show on the same episode you covered the other podcast you listened to. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to several gun podcasts, mostly on the Gun Rights Radio Network. Uh, Alex Haddix of the Practical Defense Podcast is associated with GRRN and is one of my regular shows. He also mentions Dan from the Karate Cafe, so I listened to some of his shows. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And he did a search on the Zoom Marketplace. Yes, I use a Zune <laughs> for <laughs> Luckily, martial you're arts. Yeah, for martial arts podcasts, and found your show. Like you mentioned, most are dead shows, style specific or MMA news. I've been listening since you only had a few episodes up, and I love the show. I've always wanted to study martial arts, but I grew up in a small population three hundred town in Wyoming, wow. and there were no schools. Now it's just a matter of finding time with work, school, and family. That's not an excuse. I just need to find a school in my area and take something. Um, I hope I answered your question. Keep up the good work. Hey, hey. So, yeah, that does answer our question, and it's good to know. See, those connections just rolling back and forth. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the, uh, the other thing I want to mention here is uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to either of those podcasts he talks about yet, but they're on my list, and over the holidays, while I have a little free time, download me a couple of episodes of that because the gun foo show is looming on the horizon. I think <laughs> we've uh, gotten a fair amount of interest from yes, people in that topic. So, um, and we'll, we'll probably glance off of it again during this mailbag, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to keep from going too deep into it because we want to get a couple of people on, or at least one other person on who's genuinely expert and, yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. So we're working on it and, uh, yeah. Cheers back at you, Rob. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. All right. There's more? Yeah. Uh, Because it's in a different... uh, Oh, no. This is a new one. Sorry. Never mind. (laughs) This is a new one. Uh, This one's from Rob. I thought that was Rob. No, this was Nathan. There was a Rob before that.
2: Is it the same Rob? I don't know,
1: because it only says Rob this time. Um but this one's really short. Oh, okay. It says what books, reading materials about Shingy or Bogwa would you guys recommend?
2: There you go. That's all you, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I've got a little list of stuff here. Uh, oh. is there anything you want to throw in off the top, Craig, before well,
2: I yeah. Well of course I'd point out Pittman stuff, but you know. Right. <laughs> that's all pretty much all I really know. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah, we we'll, I'll cover some of that. Um so when it comes to Shingy Bog and Bogwa books um, you can find a lot of manuals out there that have been translated. The old Chuan Pu, Uh no.
2: the Sun Lutong one, I thought was the Sun
1: Lutong goes. one is yeah. is good. Yep, yeah. and uh, that's one of the ones I've got here. Uh, his uh, Yi Chuan Shui, mm-hmm.
3: uh,
1: but um, his actually has more use, I think, than a lot of them to someone not from that particular style who already mm. knows how to decode it, right? you got to remember these older manuals are coming from times when people were using very flowery language yeah. to, to hide things in plain sight or mm-hmm. to even avoid addressing them at all. Right. You're going to have very few pictures. uh <coughs> The line drawings are usually kind of bad. So those things are great. If you're already training a style Mm -hmm. and want to just do further background research, Yeah, but not as a learning manual. How to. Yeah. So most of the recommendations I'm going to give here focus either on being able to maybe pick up some stuff from, or Mm. just entertaining reads. Okay. So, uh, you know, the first one I'm going to point out is called, uh, Shingy Nagong, uh, health maintenance and internal strength development. That's by Tim Cartmill. And, Mm. uh, Dan Miller, again, you're going to hear Dan Miller's name a lot yeah. when it comes to writing about Bagua. Uh, this book is one that if you really want something fairly simple but practical mm-hmm. that you can learn from a book, these Nagong exercises in there are great conditioning. What is a Nagong exercise for those of those that don't know? Well, you know, these are supposedly for building internal strength or oh, no. internal work. But they are physical calisthenics for the right. most part. They're not just sitting there and, you know. Nase vulgarizing. Yeah. On fellow cop yourself. <laughs> that, that was a hell of a word, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure I conjugated it correctly, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave that to a listener to decipher. All right. Uh, for Craig. <laughs> 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 uh, but. I, I uh, had a copy of this, and I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's had, like, four collections of martial arts books at this point and, right. you know, had to move around so much and had loaned stuff to people and then had it disappear. Yeah,
3: yep. That
1: this is one that I used to have and don't anymore, but, um, you know, now that I'm in a position where I've actually not been training nearly hard enough for the last year or two mm-hmm. – I wish I had this book back because I would love to do (laughs) that program again. I really liked it and I don't remember all of it. And you know, there's good shingy specific information there, especially on Santee and some of the (laughs) other stuff. They're not trying to give you a fighting manual really or anything like that. It's it's mostly centered around these exercises. And You know, I I don't recommend this kind of book very often, but this is really good. Something that helps build your structure. (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah, and one of the things I love about it is most of the people demonstrating the exercises are 60-plus-year-old men. There you go. Yeah, So you you like that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's giving me hope. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Tim Cartmel is associated with it. Uh, you know, right. most of it's not Bogwar Shingy specific, but mm. uh, he's a, a guy I'd recommend in general. His Effortless Combat Throws yeah. has yeah. a lot of good throwing material in it that, if you have a background already, some mm. of it in, in throwing and stuff, you could easily incorporate this into whatever system you're working with. Right. Um, and, of course, Dan Miller, and this will be a side recommendation, uh, aside from translating a lot of those. Uh, Old Trompu Manuals Mm -hmm. uh, did the Bagua uh, Journal journal for a long time. Now, if you look it up on the web, it's going to be spelled P-A-K-U-A. The Yeah. (laughs) But it's been out of print for a long time, but you can buy the whole thing, all their episodes on a CD-ROM. For how much, Dave? Oh, heck, I didn't write that part down. It's very reasonable, though. (laughs) You know, it's... uh, I'll go ahead and tag this forward. We're gonna talk about good gifts for martial artists. And yep. if you know you got somebody that does Bagua and doesn't know about these, that would be a good gift, you know. I think mm-hmm. it's uh it's definitely under like forty bucks. Oh, okay. You know? And you get like several years worth of this journal stuff. Uh, so cool. there's uh I know.
2: remember when it was around. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it can be uneven at times, but you know, there's a lot of people you just won't see interviewed anywhere else that are Yeah, true. Contained in those pages. So that's a recommend. <laughs> now, uh when it comes to Shingy and bogwall writing, one of the names that always comes up is Robert Smith. Huh. That's <laughs> so what's going on with me. I'm going to try to clear up a little something for people right oh now. Oh boy, here we go. Um, there's two kinds of Robert Smith books. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Before the, and after.
1: Well, there's the ones that are fun, and there's the ones that actually have some form you might pick up in them. Oh yeah, his little uh, alter ego thing. Uh, well, no. Well, okay. I'm not talking about the yeah the <laughs> what John Gilby stuff. Right. Those are entertaining. But yeah. They are. Yeah. Um, but uh, his early books, Xingyi Chinese Mind Body Boxing and Bagua, P-A-K-U-A, <laughs> Chinese Boxing for Fitness and Self-Defense, were a couple of the earliest uh, books on these two subjects to be published yes. in English. So they're very relevant for that alone. Mm-hmm. Now, for instance, in the Bagua book, you get a smattering of linears uh, that he learned from Hung Sheng from right. the Gao style. And you get uh, Change, single right? and double palm yeah. changes at the end with a little Wong Xu Jin in there and um, mm-hmm. uh, Master Guo. Um, so I wouldn't, if you're looking to, to learn, pick up learn. something you can actually learn, I, I wouldn't go that route. But as their status is books in general in, the, yeah. in these arts. They're and make them collectibles. Yeah, they're, they're fun to read, too. Yeah, they are. He has a certain rollicking writing style that's always entertaining. And
2: that's a rollicking good time, Dave. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, he's got newer books with very similar titles that were co-authored with, uh, with my old teacher, uh, Alan Pittman. That's right. Uh, so you've got Yi Chinese Internal Boxing, and Bagua, P-A-K-U-A, 8 Trigram Boxing. Yeah. So if you're stuck on a desert island, again, you need a teacher to learn this stuff. You really <laughs> do. But if you're stuck on a desert island and you want to start playing with something, those two books have... Um, they're both basically Chen Pan Ling's versions of the arts. Right. So the Shingi and the Bagua, you know, the, the Bagua is sort of Wang Jin's Shujin's uh, mm-hmm. off-branch of Chen Panling's right. stuff. Um, so it's already been condensed, because mm-hmm. that's how Chen Panling did his stuff. You know, he would condense the essence of the art down into a fairly small package.
2: And it is just a nice little package you can pick up.
1: Right. Uh, so, yeah, the Bagua system, there's uh, eight changes in it, and that's mm-hmm. it. But they're worth learning. They're good. Oh, yeah. We were could just def- talking
2: about this at the party last night yeah. several times
1: over. Yeah, you could definitely do worse than to try that out. And it's funny to see, you know, young Pittman uh, yeah. <laughs> out there with his fro. face fuzz and his fro. Yeah, yeah. It is a nice one. <laughs> You'll probably listen to this kick my ass next time yeah. he sees me. He's got a good sense of humor, thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, good executions and the photographs are clear. There's, and the descriptions are clear, you know, and Robert Smith basically just writes the interstitial stuff. Right. So, you know, if you got somebody that's looking to learn a little something from a book, it, it's it'd be hard man. to do much better than that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, got a couple more for you. Uh, we mentioned Sun Lutong's, uh, Xing Yi Chuan Shui, uh, got, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my pron- pronunciation is not great. You'll have to just bear with me. Uh, we've got Imei Bagua Zhang, uh, which is, uh, Liang Xiao Yu and Yang Zuing Ming. Mm. They also did a Yi Quan book.
2: Oh, that big, thick blue
1: book. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like it's the Bagua they're doing in there is totally different from Gao Styles. Right. So, or chin paneling for that matter. So mm. it's not something I have much direct experience with, but what I did really enjoy about both of those books is uh, there's some cool training drills in there,
0: hmm.
1: and uh, you know apparatus and different stuff, brick walking, oh, things like that. Uh, some of it I think is a little, a uh, little bit hyperbolic. Um,
2: oh, confabulated a little bit?
1: Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Like yeah. it's got those two guys apparently walking on bricks, standing on end, yeah. on the narrow end, and it can be done. But that's <laughs> it's usually I tell students, you know, you get to man. that point. Well, yeah, it's one thing to walk on them laying on their long side. Mm-hmm. But you walk on that top end. If you you're trying to move at any sort of speed, you, yeah, you're you're at high risk of breaking something. there. <laughs> I, it never really seemed worth it for me to do that much. Yep. I would put stakes in the ground mm-hmm. if I wanted that kind of thing. But you know, that being said, I a lot wouldn't of- mind doing high
2: stepping though. But like trying to do a bog wall walk around a circle—that's scary, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, well, you know, I've seen videos on YouTube where people set up a line of bricks and run at them yeah. and try to run to the end. But it's totally different. You're trying to control mm-hmm. the thing and just step in a circular fashion. So it's not easy. Y'all welcome to try that if you want to. Yeah, at your own risk. Yeah. Um, But there's lots of good stuff in there. And they also have... yeah. Good translation. Yeah. <laughs> Good translations with uh footnotes for a lot of the Bhagwan Shingy songs, as they're oh, called.
2: Okay, yeah. The lyrics so, and all that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's something I haven't seen, so,
2: Craig. <laughs> I'm not. That, I'm not making a joke. We have that in Northern Shetland right, too. Right. Yeah. Names of the movements and
1: what so yeah, they're basically not little worried. rhyming couplets and stuff like that that are mm-hmm. intended to be mnemonic devices for the students, but they're virtually indecipherable if you don't have a background to to figure them out from they're just cool poems so if you've been into bagua and shingy for a long time then you might really benefit from you know taking a read at those uh at those songs
2: yes indeed and who couldn't use a good
1: benefit yeah (laughs) benefit did i say benefit (laughs) you did indeed (laughs) dude i'm operating on one cylinder right now you're lucky this is even happening i know but that's why i'm poking fun at you (laughs) Uh, that's what you're for hey um Okay, so that's about all I got for that. It's like, you know, if you're in a specific style, yeah, look and see if you can find the the old manual from that style and get a Mm -hmm. translated. I've got a copy that I was recently gifted from my teacher of uh, Zhang Junfeng's. Bagua book, uh, sitting at my house, waiting for me to find a translator who, A, not only is willing to translate a lengthy Chinese work for me, but has the martial arts background to really make sense of what's in it. The nuances of the language. So, yeah. So, I'll keep you posted on that, but uh, that could take a while. And in the end, it probably still wouldn't be much for somebody that wasn't in that specific system. True. Um, Okay. Got a couple more of these. Um, Subject martial arts for a three-year-old. Hmm. Hey guys, uh, really enjoyed your show. Uh, Sounds just like some friends getting together and talking about martial arts. Well, that's what it is. (laughs) Even with the people who never met, it winds up being that way. Uh, I'd like to get me and my three-year-old son into a martial arts class, but I was wondering if you could recommend one that would be good for us to get into. I'd like him to learn some self-defense and have some fun doing it. Thank you. Uh, And uh, that's from Adam. UFC training camp. Hey, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, the the thing is, uh, you're going to have a hard time teaching any three-year-old real self-defense. Aside from running, you yeah. know, how to escape, some escape, some running, that sort of thing. But this is just me, but I've been on this hobby horse before here, you know. <laughs> there's, there's no way to teach a three or a six or even an eight-year-old mm. to, to beat up a committed adult of any type. Right. Uh, get away from them, yeah, that's a possibility. So you might want to look into some arts that are very heavily movement-based. Yeah, run. Yeah, or you go running <laughs> Well, you know, you might have to break that grab before you run yeah, So, true. you know, those kind of things Yeah, a kid may get away with one time mm-hmm. um, I Also, I wouldn't stress too heavily Any kind of self-defense for a kid that age Just because you don't want to worry them you know? Yeah Kid, I got a three year old son at home. Just turned three, and he gets stuff in his head, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'll chew over it and mull over it. And suddenly, there's monsters in the woods, and <laughs> he has these little long dialogues with Bigfoot now, you know. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and then he came to my house, and then he came in, and then he was okay. And then he was <laughs> well,
2: that's good. Yeah.
1: So you know, you gotta. I he was okay. Whatever you get him into, think. Hey, I've got a three year old here. Yep. Let's remember, not trying to make the kid too hard, you right. know. Right.
2: And I mean. You know, I, I kind of feel the same way, especially as a parent. My daughter's about to turn three uh, uh, this next week. But uh, at the same time, you know, there are like some old Chinese uh, kind of Shaolin like forms that are made specifically for super young kids um, that are kind of gymnastic in nature, made for building flexibility and strength and those kinds of things. But in this martial arts form, and, you know, it's more of a a a gymnastic dance um, and performance thing. It's, it's a fun way to package those learning things in there. But to be honest, I'd hate to be the guy trying to teach that to the three year old. It's just, it would be very hard. Um,
1: Well, three year old Chinese have much different expectations than three year old Americans for the most part. So (laughs) (laughs) they get away with it there. You'll see the videos of the little Chinese kid occasionally just, you know, ripping out a little form. So, you know, if your kid's got that kind of self-discipline, you can you can try some of that. But yeah, that would be a good place to start. Maybe not a three, maybe wait a little bit. But get them into something that's athletic, you know, Mm -hmm. where they can have fun with their growing body and their, you know, and their burgeoning energy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just let them get out there and and learn to do all that stuff. And the good thing about that is uh, in in something like a long fisty kind of style or something Mm -hmm. like that, you can learn a lot of good body mechanics, a lot of good basics, all that stuff, and some pretty flashy things, too, while you're young. Without really knowing how to use it, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing because before a kid has a certain level of responsibility in and definitely yeah. three year old, four year olds they don't <laughs> the world still revolves around them. Mm-hmm. You don't you even if you could you don't want to teach that kid something really dangerous. Yeah. You yeah. know? Something he would use on the playground to sidekick his buddy off the slide and bust <laughs> his head on the pavement. You Hello, know?
2: crazy man, here is
1: knife, you like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you know that's about all I can say on that. There's a you know a lot of people have gotten into martial arts with their kids. Evan Bernstein mentioned that you know oh, yeah. his kid went first and then he came after. So mm-hmm. good luck out there in your search. Um, I
2: went with my dad as a kid, and I think that's a great idea though. Is is you know is to take your three year old and go to uh, a variety of schools that might sound interesting and just sit and watch their kids' classes. And that way you can see how he reacts if he's enjoying it. And you can see, you know, check out the teacher, how he interacts. Are the kids learning something? Is it just, um, you know, uh, play group or are they learning something, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he can, he will really enjoy that. He or she, did he say it was his son?
3: Yes, he did.
2: Okay. Um, But yeah, he he really get a kick out of that too and, and be able to, tell you right up front no you know i'm not interested and that's important if you're going to be laying down 600 bucks for you know a six month contract or something in one of these places so
1: yeah yeah make sure the kid wants to do it because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh if not i don't know like when i first started playing guitar, it was because i was forced to right to go take classical guitar lessons and i just begged constantly please don't make me do this please <laughs> don't make me do this and finally my mom gave up she's like all right fine you don't have to play guitar and then, like six months or a year later, I I started listening to rock. And now I'm like, I like. Guitar. Oh, I wait. I didn't know you could do that. You if know, and right then right. I had to beg and beg and beg and beg to to get to, get to, to the play guitar again to go take you know rock guitar lessons and right. get that electric guitar. <laughs> but to her credit, making me beg for it and want it. Once I started, I never quit. You know? mm-hmm. I persevered at it and worked hard at it. So
2: well, that's what women do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they make you want it. Yep.
1: I was talking about my mom. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move along. Um, <laughs> this one's from John. Uh, great cast. I've been oh, meaning to, to drop a line for a couple months now. I listen to your podcast all the time, especially driving to and from Aikido seminars. You guys do a great job of staying out of the weeds while delivering an entertaining cast. As it turns out, I'm going to have to run into Dave at some point. I take my kids, uh, my kids to Glen Lake Park all the time, and we live in Decatur. Keep up the great work. uh. Yeah, thanks. Interesting. Thanks, John. Um uh the thing is <laughs> I haven't taught a I taught a class in Glen Lake Park in like 2 months at this point and I'm uh we're opening a, <laughs> Yeah, we're opening uh an indoor school finally and by indoor I mean under a roof, not <laughs> secret. Uh <laughs> We'll be opening uh you know, we'll have the business license sometime in January. We may, we may be teaching classes out the back door before that he we kind of already are <laughs> <laughs> um but you know if you're ever going to be in the Shambly area which is not far from there at all feel yeah. free to give us a call look us up yeah, yeah. definitely dragon lake martial arts mm-hmm. check us out was that a commercial hey uh, all right we're coming down to the wire here craig we got ding ding we got ding, two ding. more um, i know i told you we'd make a whole damn episode it's like out of that this. song the wire man yeah um subject gun Uh oh here richard, we go richard m uh first thanks for the excellent podcast enjoy listening blah 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 uh i myself am a martial arts hobbyist i'm over 50 and only have about three years of bjj experience under my belt I can no longer train due to health issues, but hope to get those under control in the next year or so. I still enjoy all aspects of martial arts and their principles. I'm a firearms instructor and a, and a defensive tactics instructor for a medium-sized law enforcement agency in a rural state. Hmm. Please don't divulge the state. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to comment on the mention of gunfu in episode 20. Uh, there are formalized systems of principles and techniques for the firearm, though they are not generally well known. Hmm. I enjoy listening to you guys talk about principles of martial arts, and I try to determine if the principles can be applied to the martial study of the firearm. I have yet to find a principle from traditional martial arts that does not apply to firearms. Repetition, distance, timing, power, awareness, mindset, etc., etc. Uh, most handgun enthusiasts don't study gunfu, and some problems are widespread in my experience. Number one. People tend to think that the mere possession of a firearm essentially essentially ends any self-defense scenario. (laughs) They'll say, I just shoot him. Neglecting problems such as available distance and time. It's the same as saying, I just punch him. (laughs) That's totally true. I call that the magic wand effect in my vernacular.
2: (laughs) I, I completely agree.
1: And These are worry, people who have never really shot belt. much who think they're a magic wand. If you've got a handgun in particular and you're trying to shoot at something that's moving, yeah. uh, it ain't as easy as it looks,
2: folks. <laughs> yeah, they make it look good on TV, but that's about it. Right.
1: Uh, number two, people practice the wrong techniques. Shooting beer cans at 25 yards is fun, but it is not relevant to defending against a determined adversary inside of 10 feet. of law enforcement shootings occur inside of 5 feet, and 80% occur inside of 10 feet. Obviously, time is at a premium. Very few people can deploy a gun from concealed carry and deal with a knife... At ten feet distance, mm-hmm. we just watched that old Dan and Osanto video recently, and yeah. I think we mentioned it on uh, on, on the podcast. Episode. Yeah, uh, which points that out very clearly. Those were unrehearsed videos with real law enforcement officers, exactly. And Dan and Osanto, you know, they they basically determined for the average dude, it took about twenty four feet of distance to be able to unholster and shoot mm-hmm. a determined attacker with a knife before they could get that thing pointing out of your jugular. <laughs> Uh, number three, the amount of good defensive practice is small. Not many practice one hour each week. How good would you be at your art if you only practiced one hour a week? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, martial arts is hev- heavily physically dependent. Uh, yeah. So maybe the gun, at least as far as being a reasonable point-and-shoot aimer, you, c- you can get away with less than it would take to do a martial art. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know.
2: I See, I can see, to me... There's no difference to me. I mean, it's like the the whole meaning of the word Kung Fu has nothing to do with martial arts whatsoever. It's about mastering a skill. And right. this could be one of those skills. And so those things you're talking about in TCMA or traditional martial arts, you know, repetition and, and focus and yada, yada, yada applies to that, too. So, you know i would think i mean it's physical also it's very physical in that you have to learn to freaking relax and and you know don't hold your breath breathe with shot all that blah, 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 you know yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah too. absolutely and uh you can't just read it from a book and
1: <laughs> yeah I, I had a buddy a long time ago that's a gun nut and a really crack shot if he had time to line up his shot mm-hmm. but we played around plenty of times with blanks in his gun which was probably stupid at the time because you can still get hurt with those right but if I was within 10 feet of him, he couldn't even get the thing out before Mm -hmm. I was eating his lunch. You know, he had done martial arts when he was younger, some, but he didn't keep up with it. And part of his problem was just, he was too physically sedentary to do that stuff. So, and you know, when I got my first handgun, I made it a point to, to take the thing and go to the range and, spend, and it's expensive. That's the other thing about handgun training, especially if, you, mm-hmm. if you're shooting, you know, 38s. Yeah, you can get those fairly cheap. You can get, you know, reloads at the gun store or whatever and get them fairly <laughs> right, cheap. Right. But, you know, if you're shooting a forty five or something a little more exotic, then, mm-hmm. you know, a it's box of those price. bullets is like- <laughs> expensive, plus the range time, plus mm-hmm. everything else. But when I got my first gun, you know, I made sure. I got several boxes of wad cutters, and I went three times a week until I was satisfied that I could at least shoot what i was hitting at right and you know i i've been off and on with it since then i don't practice shooting much at all right now anymore but you know when i was out in california and i had to do the laws of arrest certification the the firearms part of that you know i hadn't shot in maybe a year but i blew through that now that's not very intensive they do a lot more stuff than that that's the lowest level it's your basic certification so You know, I'm not saying I'm any great shakes, but it was good to know that at least having gained the skill, it sort of sticks around for some period of time.
2: I agree. But it, I, to me, it's also the same thing of martial arts carrying from the quoon to the real life thing. It's carrying from the gun range to the real life thing. It's yep. the same damn thing. You know, are you going to freeze? You know, or are you going to fumble trying to get it out and shoot your foot off? You know? Yeah kind of thing, too. So
1: we really appreciate that note. And uh, we may even contact you on the back end here about uh, maybe you could help us out with some references or some details for our sure. upcoming gun-fu episode. Great job. Um, and, oh, his last thing he says is, I don't mean to sound negative, but there is a lot that needs to be done for the average concealed carry citizen. And I couldn't agree more with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last one. Uh, oh,
3: dear. Hi-ya! hi
1: <laughs> Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Uh, I was turned on to you guys by Evan Bernstein. Uh-oh. uh oh ding Ring-a-ding. Now, this wasn't just by listening to their show, though. Uh, he, uh, who I met at a CSI con in Nashville recently. CSI? Yeah. What is that? Um, uh, the S- Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, I think. It used to be PSYCOP, mm-hmm. and they changed their name recently, so I'm not sure what the... right. But that was only a month after we talked to Evan mm-hmm. at... Uh, at uh DragonCon Dragon and the show hadn't even come out yet <laughs> yeah at that point so that's cool uh as i was making a 55 year old fool of myself being a giggling fanboy at the skeptics <laughs> guy swag table i can sympathize i love that podcast i told him i was a martial arts instructor one thing led to another and he mentioned that he had done your podcast i just listened to evan's interview you guys had the conversation with evan that i have wanted to have since i found out that he was into martial arts thanks <laughs> Okay, so not everybody's mad at us for talking to- <laughs> um, As one of you said during the interview, I've been a skeptic for a long time without calling it that. One of my students turned me on to the Skeptic's Guide about five years ago, and now I'm a full-blown, self-professed skeptic. I've been thinking a lot recently about the intersection between skepticism and martial arts, not just regarding magical things like internal energy, but also consumer protection, etc., Uh, I can identify with your struggle to be more diplomatic in dealing with martial arts bullshit and not just verbally dismiss it as such. Skepticism has taught me that while you can never convince a true believer, there are a lot of people who are on the fence or who honestly want to know what I think about chi power or similar topics. As a professional, I feel I owe them more than just dismissive put-downs. No matter how frustrating some of these people, uh, he mentions a certain art, <laughs> which I'll just leave out in the yeah, for the sake that. of the civility here. Uh, can sometimes be, uh, although the already mentions, I think we could both nod our heads in agreement. <laughs> <at> it. <laughs> it's eerie and great to find a podcast from guys who seem to share similar experiences with me. Uh, well, thanks. You know, uh, that's much more specific to me than Craig in particular. <laughs> But, yeah, just, you know, the, you point out that you stumble across something like the skeptics guide and you realize, hey, I've been this thing for a long time and I didn't even know it. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully we can get back to uh, occasionally. Come out of the closet, yeah, folks. Yeah, exactly. Well, you got to know you're in the closet See, that's first. That's right. Is there a closet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schro- Schrodinger- Schro- Schrodinger's closet. Sorry. There Butchered is that. no closet. Yeah. Bend your mind. Yeah. There's no spoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not only from the just the sheer martial arts BS, but uh, you know the consumer protection side of this, we we will definitely tap back and address some more of that in the future, or I oh, will yeah. anyway. Craig will roll his eyes at me half the time, but
2: no, no, I love the consumer protection thing. I'm when I talk about that for me, it's the fraud
1: people. You know, they drive me bonkers, man. Yep. So, it's going to come up. Again, we try to be very diplomatic and open-minded, and we, and we want everybody to get their chance to have their say.
2: Yes. Definitely.
1: But then again, if something's obviously a turd, we're not going to try to polish it into a beautiful yeah. necklace, you know?
2: <laughs> if you're coming out and telling us that, uh, you know, you speak directly with Bruce Lee's spirit and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well.
1: So, just, you know, for me and from this guy, holla out there for all you skeptics in the house. Uh, <laughs> glad to have a few of you on board. And, hey, if you're not a skeptic, don't worry. We're not going to beat your head in with that's it. Right. Um yeah, it will subtly influence you <laughs> <laughs> through our magical hypnosis powers. <laughs> You're getting very sleepy. Shit, you probably are. This has been going on for a while. So let me go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, just real quickly, gives his up. background, which is pretty interesting. So we always yeah. like to know what our listeners do. Uh, he's been a martial artist for more than 40 years. Yes, he's an old fart, he says. Uh, but have always pursued what I consider to be the most practical arts. I know that's a debate right there. And he admits that, too. So <laughs> that ties back into an earlier email. I'm a full instructor under Dan Santo and Junfan uh Filipino martial arts and Majapahit uh, martial arts. A full instructor under Adron uh, Shurachai Sirisute. <laughs> I was reading these a lot better when I practiced earlier. I you were. <laughs> in Muay Thai. and Good job. Yeah. And I have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Marcelo Montiero. Uh, a Nidan in the United States Judo Association. And I'm going an to, and am a representative of Eric Paulson's combat submission wrestling. Cool. I know, I know the boy is incapable of sticking to just one art. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned uh, decades ago from guru and how much he loved the feeling of starting over a, as a beginner in a new art. And I've emulated him anyway, keep up the good work guys. Look forward to catching up on all your back podcasts and listening to your future offerings. Take care, Jeff. Hey, Um, thanks, Jeff. Very nice. And that's a good note to end this mailbag on. You know, Mm -hmm. no matter how badass we may be in our uh, particular beloved arts, it's always good to knock the rust off and to shake up your perspective by getting out there and trying something new.
2: Yes, it is.
1: And, uh, you know, I, for one, plan to do as much of that as I can over the next few years.
2: I think uh, I'm going to do the same. Yeah.
1: And it's good to meet all the people that we've talked to via the mailbag. And okay. by having them on the show, because we're actually developing a little network of some really skilled people out yes, there who we can are. maybe drop in on from time to time, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, take a lesson from,
2: or maybe just have us one big network. I uh, get together some point too.
1: That's right. Hello. Okay. Are you on, Bob? <laughs> I no. Bob threw me off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excuse me, folks. Boy, I'm punching. Losing already. we got a whole other episode to record, so let's let's get this thing over with. The one last little thing. We're just going to toss this out, and if anybody yeah. has any uh, mailbag or anything they'd like to send back on suggestions, mm. if we don't get them out there before this Christmas, we'll use them next year. There you go. But, uh, you know, if you're looking to buy a gift for that martial artist in your life... That's right. We've had a few people write in and actually say they're not martial artists yet, mm-hmm. but they just like listening to the podcast... Um. And you know, if you're a martial artist and you're thinking about buying a gift for yourself or another martial artist, (laughs) um, it is really uh, some of these suggestions I have really apply more to to people who uh, aren't martial artists, maybe, but want to know what to get somebody who is one. What would be cool? I get what you're saying. Do do you have any suggestions, (laughs) Craig, as a martial artist? What would you like to get for Christmas? Shit, well, or Hanukkah, or winter solstice, or however you roll. I mean, stuff,
2: all the stuff on my list, you know, that I plan to get myself when you know, as finances allow, you know, from weaponry, traditional weaponry to uh, shit. I love the old kung fu movies. You know, throw me a DVD, you know, with some kung fu flicks or action flicks. Of course, books, any kind of media that's uh, about that that I don't have. Um, Yeah, but. You know, you can go wrong, too. Like, you get somebody a pair of silk pajamas type thing, and, you know, you can really piss someone off. You know, if,
1: if that's not what they like.
2: Exactly. That's the thing. You really kind of got to know on certain some of these.
1: Right. Don't get your MMA meathead cousin the silk pajamas because yeah. he will not like it. <laughs> <That is awesome. laughs> Actually, he might lounge around in him when yeah. he's got his date home. There uh, you, you, you go. Know. So yeah, you're hitting a lot of stuff. I was books, you know, we talked about some shingy and bagua Mm -hmm. books specifically, you know, if you got people in those arts out there, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. You know, just ask your friend subtly. Trying to determine what they're interested in. Movies you gotta be really careful about because a lot of the old movies are out under four or five different titles. Some versions of them are way better than others. They're
0: (laughs) cropped
1: and, you know, Mm -hmm. unreadable subtitles or badly dubbed. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you bring a classic to a martial artist that they really like and it's a nice, you know, letterbox presentation with with really good subtitles. Can't go wrong with it. Here's a tip most of the martial arts guys that like martial arts movies prefer the subtitles to the dub. Yes indeed. Now, there's a certain thing to be said about the old school ones and getting back in there, and <laughs> but enjoying that's just the
2: different. That's a different that's kind of different. love.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple other things I'd recommend: uh, exotic training stuff. Um, oh, I like exotic, yeah. yeah. Well, just simple stuff like for Bagua, for instance, uh, gripping cones. You ever seen those? It's like a it's basically a metal cone, yeah, you know, yeah. that weighs about. 12 pounds <laughs>
2: get your palm and it's
1: it's brushed down really smooth you know mm-hmm. so you have to pinch grip it and pick it up and try to hang on to that, that. Well, that's really good you know i just, like that idea yeah, yeah. yeah throwing bags that sort of stuff uh you know it depends on what system your people are in mm-hmm. you know maybe it's rebreakable boards for the taekwondo guy in your yeah. life or you know so, something like that but there's or often stuff like pads. that that, yeah, pads, uh, protective gear. It depends kind of on what art somebody's in. You know, if you're into MMA, you can never have too many rash guards. You know, yeah. anything with wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, good
2: workout. Look shorts.
1: Yeah, so look into that. You know, with your friends and uh, find out what they would like because there's a lot of stuff out there, especially on the training aid side of the thing that uh, a lot of people just won't buy for themselves, but they'd use if they had it around. and
2: they really like it. Eagle Claw Catcher. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. And you can get online and find all kinds of stuff like that. And even if it's just a uniform or some piece of clothing you wear in class, Mm -hmm. if you're training a lot, you go through that stuff fast. So it can really help you out to have that around. And if you're, you know, if your friend's a Wushu competitor, they might really like those silk pajamas. So. Yeah,
2: true. Or you Fayouez. Yeah, exactly. A lot of our traditional guys like them. And I'm like, why? You fly through them too fast, I know. man.
1: Give, give me a pair of Chuck Taylors any day. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. At least they're cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the, the last thing I'll mention is weapons. Oh. We love weapons. Uh, I'll just mention one company, Raven Studios. It makes uh, yeah. wooden practice weapons that are really top-notch. They run for under $100. Now, the problem with this holiday season is – you, time. Yeah, because they make everything to order, so you might you might not have time to get something in for the holidays. Right. But these are good enough. Like, I got Craig one for his yeah, birthday, and I ordered it a little late, and then they did their yearly vacation right after uh-huh. I ordered it. So, it put it back even further. But I think he was content to just have his IOU and yeah. uh, to get something decent when it finally showed up.
2: Definitely. And it's great. It's how to control good. I mean, it's made of wood, but the balance points, you
1: know, and the weight distributions, yeah. beautiful. I've gotten a couple from them. And, you know, if, if you've got somebody that's a serious martial artist and likes to do weaponry, um, don't don't be fooled into buying wall hangers and these yeah. cheap, uh, overly heavy metal swords that are dangerous to practice with because they're not built properly. Mm-hmm you know a good metal sword you can find them for around two hundred dollars but you have to really know what you're looking for you really do other than that it goes from 200 way up real fast Uh and most martial artists don't want to sharpen their hand when they're practicing a form anyway no they want to practice with that well-weighted wooden or you know decent metal practice Mm -hmm.
2: or a solid aluminum
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, so they don't lose an ear when they make a mistake or kind of you know (laughs) chop their shin (laughs) Uh because they were having a bad day um so you know that's another In good there. idea. That's getting a little into the pricier range, but still, you know, for under hundred bucks, really nice. Uh, and I'll just again, we don't work for them or do anything, but I know for a fact <laughs> because I've ordered a lot of their stuff, they do right. great work. Yes, they do. Raven Studios, Wooden Swords, buy them mm. online. All right, folks. Whew. I'm exa- I feel like I've been talking for an hour straight. I think you have. Okay, well, Craig, you're carrying the ball on the next one. So, oh, no, uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and. Uh, Visit that champagne lounge, brother. Visit that lounge one more time, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys again real soon. See ya!